Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 138 of the John Riley Project. I'm so pleased to have as my guest, Mr. Jim Pine. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on today, John. You know, um, you know Jim, you, you and I met over at Poway National Little League. Our sons were on the same ball team for a while. And boy, I just learned about this, um, the comedy, these rogue comedy events that you're creating around town. And I just want to learn more about it. I'm hoping you can share with our listeners and viewers about this amazing work that you're doing. Um, yeah, I've been doing some crazy stuff. Uh, as far I do stand-up comedy. I've been doing stand-up comedy. I just, just hit my three-year mark right before uh, the pandemic started, Corona started mm -hmm. uh, in February. And uh, then all of comedy stopped and changed. The world changed for everyone. And I didn't feel like stopping doing stand-up. And I still wanted mm -hmm. to see my comedian friends. So uh, I think it was around April 17th or April 10th or 17th. April 17th, we did our first uh, drive-up comedy, open space mic. It was an open mic where everything was uh, broadcast over FM transmitters into people's cars. So it was all safe distancing. Um, we cleaned all the microphones and, you know, we had double setups and everything. It was great. And it was a huge hit when everybody was really freaked out over what was happening in the world, uh, gave a sense of normalcy or gave yeah. a sense of things that, you know, is the way we remember our history of what we've been doing. And, uh, <laughs> and it started it. And I've been doing every Friday since then. We just had our last one was, uh, uh, on the, it was our seventh one. And, uh, now we're in LA. We just had our fourth Saturday in LA, it's seven Fridays in San Diego, four really? Saturdays in LA. Yeah. Just honestly, we just took it to LA. we we're blowing this thing up. We're turning it into a company where we're going to do shows and all. But it all started with this passion project of, like, I, I saw the comics. People were, you know, this is what we do. It's an expression mm -hmm. of ourselves. And yeah, it's like yeah. our heart, but it's our expression. We don't yeah. get to do it. It's, we get blocked up. So it was really healing for a lot of people. It was great. It was great. Well, I can, I can sense it in you that it's something that you – have taken great pride in. I mean, this is pretty cool. I mean, is it like a, is it kind of like a drive-in movie sort of a setup? Exactly. That format of the, uh, yeah, we broadcast, we basically use all regular equipment you would use, like microphones, cords, everything's uh, professional grade that we'd use in the showroom. But now we're doing it in a parking lot and we hook to an FM transmitter and then we pick a blank dial, you know, on the radio signal and then it sends it to people's cars because in your brain, you go, oh, well, you're just going to broadcast it to speakers, you know, like on a whole sound system. Yeah. And you don't think like, oh, we'll broadcast it through each person's sound system. And we create like a hive where if you have yeah. 50 cars linked up, it's like, it's not loud. Like the neighbors will hear. But if you're in that hive, you can hear everything. You hear the same music, basically, the same comedy show. So it creates this amazing effect that people can be outside, which isn't a great place for comedy normally. But right. we got to roll with the changes, and this is the way we're doing it so that we can still at least be doing comedy in, in a live format because that's really important to me, that live format, you know, being together. How is it like – I can imagine a comic when you're in a comedy store, you know, in a club, getting feedback from the audience is so important. I mean, yeah. it must be kind of a little bit awkward. You're not getting that reaction from the crowd as much, right? Yeah, it's really hard, but – I kind of knew it right away because uh, I had done some weird sets before that uh, it's hard, but you can get reactions because 
uh, when people really would stay in their cars more, you get cars to honk, flash their lights at you, do the yeah. windshield wipers, <laughs> and they could have their windows open and laugh. But yeah, but it was about they could honk and all, and that's an immediate reaction. But it's transferred. A lot of people get out now at the open mic. People are out of their cars, maybe sitting with uh, chairs in a beach chairs or something, and, uh-huh. and listen to the whole event. So you can actually see the the people and get the reaction because. When you're doing new jokes, that's what open mics are for comedians. You're supposed to be working on new material or Mm -hmm. doing old material with a little twist or changing things where you wouldn't want to do it in a professional setting. So open mics are tough because comedians, we write jokes. You don't know if they work. I've spent like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. And then you get there and it's just and nothing. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm the only one that thinks this is funny. So that's the important for comedy is that reaction for open mics to know is this material worthy or not like does it work and it really it really does work like you can get you get the feedback you know like okay i wrote a good joke nice so i mean this is it's like art i mean comedy is art and 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 it's just like a painter you know you're going out there and some some work better than others and you're trying out new material i appreciate that so how many people are showing up for these events? How many com- comedians are coming out? What's it like? Uh, the first time we did it, and here's the thing. We do it like you said, rogue comedy. Uh, it is rogue. We go into parking lots and just we find blank, empty parking lots. So we don't really, we're not in anybody's way or taking up parking spaces because there's a lot of businesses closed. It's yeah. hard to find. Uh, so we go in the parking lots and... Uh, and the first one we had maybe 17 comics went up, maybe uh, 20 cars showed up. And it's hard, okay. it was hard to tell because there were some other customer cars around. So, But we had, it was like, okay, people showed up. I was nervous. I was like, okay, I'll just show up. Three <laughs> friends will show up. It'll take an yeah. hour. We'll be done. And I'll right. realize I'm an idiot. And it, it blew up from there. I mean, the last one we had in L.A., there was uh, – it was the previous week. This week there was a, a lockdown in L.A. So we only got about 40 cars. We mm-hmm. put up about 40 or 50 comics. But at one point, we had like 75 cars, 125 people in, the, in a giant parking lot. And San Diego has been the same thing. 100 plus people show up, uh, comedians, non-comedians. So you get real crowd feedback from your jokes. Uh, if you can command them. It's called, what most comics would like it, it's like a bar show. And in bar shows versus a comedy theater or comedy club, a uh, bar show is you got to win this crowd that maybe didn't know there's a comedy show going on. Right. And get their attention and have mm-hmm. them pay attention to you. So that's where I think it's really beneficial. You got to learn how to work really hard if you want to go, go up and, uh, you know, get anything out of the crowd. That's just so cool. I mean, I, I, I know you, you shared with me, um, you know, the info and I've never gone and I keep kicking myself for not going. Um, but up in LA, you're doing it too. I mean, yeah. are you getting bigger crowds up there than in San Diego? Yeah, because LA scene is huge. It's the biggest comedy scene in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's the best in New York because New York and LA have a whole <laughs> yeah. thing, but it's the biggest scene in the world, I would say, without a doubt. Right. Um, and people pay for stage time up there. They'll pay $5 to go do five minute sets. And we're just mm-hmm. bringing this for free. So the comedians love it because it feels natural. It's night. Nice. You know, it's like, oh, these guys aren't here to make money. Yeah. And it's really, we did it because we saw how much we healed the San Diego. We, we didn't heal. We saw when we were doing it, people had a chance to, it seemed like they were healing. Like, cause yeah. they would come up to me and tell me this is killing me. Like I'm so depressed. I'm freaked out. Yeah. And now they started, I'm looking forward to next week. And then every week you see those faces and 
and the people are more relaxed each time. And, and you, I just, I hear every time it's a story. I hear the most incredible stories at every single mic that give me tingles. And that keeps, it keeps me like, oh yeah, this is really important. So. Well, I mean, it's like laughter is the best medicine, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, share with me a few stories. I mean, of some people that have come up to you and what they told you. Um, like the, the, uh, like the, I don't want to say darkest, but I, I get the darkest. Like the, the most dangerous stories would be like people talking about suicide. Because really? comedians, and I don't know the comedians are any different than other people. I think we admit things more and are more honest <laughs> sometimes. So comedians will speak a lot about mental health. And uh, comedians, you know, a lot of comedians will suffer from mental health issues. So when this thing happened, this, you know, pandemic lockdown, because now we're dealing with a different lockdown today. So well, yeah. Dual yeah. lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Rioting and pandemic. But this lady came up to me and she said she called the suicide hotline three times in the last two days. And uh, like, she's like, I can't even believe I'm here right now to tell you this. And she's like, I can't believe how I feel right now over from when I showed up. Like, mm -hmm. like I, and she's like, can I hug you? Because nice. she showed up with a mask and the six feet and the whole thing. And then she, can I hug you? You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be crying for a moment on your shoulder, lady. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's stories like that. I put a guy up. His son had, had uh, unfortunately tragically passed. And uh, it was the first time he got to be on a mic since that. And this guy's been wow. doing comedy probably eight, nine years. And, um, uh, you know, it's an important part of our things as stand-up comedians is our expression. Mm -hmm. I guess we're narcissists or something. We think it's important <laughs> and people want to hear it. Yeah. But it's really, it's really important because this is, I don't know, it's our, the way we do our art form and it's, and every one of them is unique or better mm -hmm. be because you can't do a cover band of other people's jokes. You know? No, this you is, can't do that. Yeah. And crowds like it when they know it's you. Uh, right. You know, that's what they love most is us to bear our souls. So. Nice. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's that. It's that over and over. It's just somebody saying, oh, my God, this is my depression aid. You know, so yeah. taking pills. They know, like, oh, I get to get excited a day or two before because this is coming. And then they're excited for a couple of days after because it's like, oh, I got to feel normal and see 50 of my friends that I normally see that I don't get to see anymore. Um, and when I say friends, it's more like family because we, yeah. we have such a tight community in San Diego. So we took it to L.A. Because those people need that too. They, you know, I knew yeah. those comedians needed it. And we knew we had something that was really touching people. And it was really bringing people into a healthy mind space. So, yeah. I can feel your energy. I mean, I can feel how not only are you helping other people overcome, you know, the challenges during these times, but it's, I can see the energy in you. I mean, it, this must be so fulfilling for you. I yeah. mean, we talk about in this podcast about, pursuing your own happiness. I mean, building self-esteem, this is like, it's gotta be a great thing for you. Yeah, I mean, I had to go through the same thing everybody else has with this, you know, like being locked down, even though I do, I get to travel for work, I'm out all the time, but you know, I still, the same for me. I don't like the idea of being told where to go, where I yeah. can't go. And, mm -hmm. and it, it's been healing just in that aspect, but the doing something, um, so not, you know, selfless in a way, you know, trying to, I mean, be honest, we went to LA last week. It was 12 hours. I left at three. I didn't get home until three. It was a 12 wow. hour day. And, um, yeah, that, that, it's, and it's, and I, it's for the people. And then the, I get, you know how it is when you give, you get, and that's it. Like I, I'm giving so much. I really am giving so much of my time and energy. Yeah. 
I yeah. care about this so much, but I get so much back. Yeah. So much that I'm literally, you know, it might be in a week and a half, we're going to have our first show, you know, knock on wood. You know, we're, we got things in the works and that's where we're at. It's because comedy still needs to be, this story needs to be told. And right. things are still not opening here in California, the same as everywhere, you know, in the country's a little different. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's incredible. This is really, what it's given me is, is just, I feel really, um, it's definitely filled my cup. Um, I, like to the point where it's running yeah. over. Um, and yeah, it's, you know what it is when you're doing something, you know, that it's selfless. Like you're a little, like we, you brought up little league to start. Like, you know, I, you go coach the kids in the little league. It's who cares about work that day? Like you have, yeah. the, it's, it's healing because if you get in that human connection and that's something that we, um, you know, we could all use more of possibly or, or right most on. of us could use more of. So yeah. And it's, the thing is, it's that human connection. Like you said, Oh, it's important to have a crowd for feedback and think it's really about the energy. Yeah. Because if me or you were doing a video interview right now, but if we were in front of each other, six feet apart, it'd be an even different interview because yeah, our, our energy would be really mixing. And that, that <laughs> and that's because that's what comedy is about. Me. It's not about are they laughing or not. It's I, I feel the energy of the people like that's where I'm at like that. So it's mm-hmm. the same thing here, you know, literally watching somebody show up with a mask and then leave and on their own accord with no mask, hugging somebody. To me, that's healing. You got healed. Beautiful. That day. So. So yeah. you're do, you're doing San Diego and you're doing LA. Are you going to be expanding more, going to new places with this, or what's it's this looking like? about um, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Portland. Uh, we have to put our first show on, and we're shooting here. We're trying to beat LA right now because we have an LA contingent also that we're signing, you know, contracts with and all that. More or less, be taking of our LA uh, shows. We'll produce some. Somebody produces a lot of stuff up there, so. Yeah, we're hoping we're going to get our – our goal right now is the June 13th or June 20th uh, to have our first show. Well, ex- forgive we'll me, but what do you mean in a show? I mean, I these- mean people are going to pay a ticket. We're going to oh. have a stage, and it's all going to be certified with temporary planning use and, you know, uh, uh, event insurance, and ah. we'll have top-rated comics. Not, not three people you all heard of, but, like, People are legit headliners. That, there's no yeah. work. So they're like, all right, yeah, we'll do it. So ah. get legit headliners. And, and really, put a, we have a great show. I, I haven't seen if everybody got back to us today, but like, it's already coming together, the pieces of, of trying to get a bunch of L.A. comics down here, if not some San Diego ones, mm-hmm. um, and put on an actual show, like in a big parking lot. <laughs> Picture a mall parking lot or something. or You know, it's a giant parking lot where we have 100 cars and a stage and lighting systems. And then everybody links their cars up, stays in their cars and listens to the comedian. That's what uh, we're going to do. Yes. So that's right what on. we're doing. That's we're going from open mic to doing shows. Also, we'll still do the open mic because it's important for now. As long as it's wanted, we'll do it. Now I got you. Now I understand. Yeah. So have you ever been hassled by the cops or by property owners or anything weird like that ever happened? Uh, yeah, because you left the word hassled as kind of an open-ended. We've been hassled, but all honestly in a really positive, really um, no negativity way. No negative. I've had a security guard boot us. 
But I was like, dude, I got two comics left. And then, I, like, I'd gotten everybody up. I'm like, can you give me 10 minutes? And he's like, all right. And, and we did the 10 minutes. I wrapped up, and we got Like, that was, you know, he asked mm-hmm. us to leave. We left. Right. Um, our second show, a cop showed up. First show, nobody showed up, which is just mind-blowing, because it was like everybody was freaked out. Mm-hmm. But at the second show, a cop showed up, and uh, he pulled up. And I'm like, uh, you know, I took the mic from the comic. I'm like, a cop's here. Let me deal with this for you. The comic <laughs> took off. Yeah. And I go, hey, how you doing, officer? He's like, oh, I heard there's a fight. I was like, I, I, no, there's no fighting going on. We're just some friends hanging out. He's like, okay. And he's like, he goes to pull away and he looks back. He's like, is that a microphone in your hands? I think now I'm thinking, you know, I'm probably announcing yeah. a fight or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I look down, it's like a mic and a cord. I'm like, yeah. Uh, he's like, well, oh, we're doing a comedy show, officer. We're doing comedy. It broadcasts across the radios. Everybody safe distances. Um, and we're just hanging out. We're just, we're just trying to do – and he's like, oh, this is incredible. How do I tune in? So he tuned yeah. in to whatever the code was, 87, 107.7. He yeah. drove 40 feet away and watched. And uh, with the, it's a funny story because I go back. And I'm like, all right, who wants to go up next? nobody's heard the conversation I have with the cops. And now everybody's like, oh. no one's like, I want to go up. There's a cop here. Like I was freaked out. Uh, I asked a couple of times and now I'm, I'm hearing my, my, the voices in my head are like, you're, you're going to have to perform. I'm like, you're going to have to do this. And I went to start my material and I was like, that, this isn't going to work. So I just started riffing with the cop. Hey, you married, you got a wife for kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to start yelling back to me and he grabbed his microphone he talked through his speaker in his car. <laughs> so now everybody could hear him, and his, yeah. uh, wife, no kids. And just started cracking jokes out of that. He, You know, the personal yeah. life, like, oh, it must be great. You get to get out of the house. Or is it a new marriage or an old marriage? Like, that depends <laughs> on just having fun, talking about you can break laws now. And he's like, minor ones, minor laws. Yeah. And at the very end, uh, at the very end, I did like five minutes with them. It was, it was. I mean, it was great. The cars were honking, and it was great. And the security guard, I see in the distance, security guards walking up, three hundred feet away, and I'm like, oh, geez, like, you know. And I'm over the microphone. I'm like, here you are, officer. You're here. You're not busting me. Here comes a security guard. He's gonna, you know, big time, yeah, and uh, bust us. We're gonna be shut down. And then the jersey in me kicked in. I'm like, hey, officer, could you handle this for me? And he, like, drove away and dealt with the security guard. And we we finished the show. Nobody wanted to perform anymore, but we ended it, you know. That's so awesome. we've been, Yeah, we've had a couple. We've been asked. I, we're in L.A. We got booted because, you know, we picked a bad spot. We got booted by the California Highway Patrol and the local police. But they both were like, no problem. I was like, I'll handle it. I got, the, I got, I could talk to everybody through the microphone. I'll handle it. And we all left and went to a different place in Glendale. Oh no, in Burbank, and then finished the show until twelve thirty in the morning. <laughs> so uh, yeah, L.A. We've done every show, even when it's been broken up. We've moved somewhere and hit another spot, and then we just keep the show going. Or and the, then everyone the follows, and, the- and people follow. The first time people showed up to the second spot, they weren't at the first spot. So it was like that crazy. Like it was, it was crazy. And it's gotten crazy up there. They're such a great audience too. They all come out of their cars and they sit in a circle, like a semicircle. And, and they're a great audience. You can get really good feedback on your jokes up at the LA ones. Really good for that. So how, how are people finding out about this? I mean, it's on the down low, right? 
Uh, no, we broadcast everything very openly. The only thing we don't ever give out is the location on social media. And people are like, oh, you're hiding from the cops. I'm like, no, the cops do not care. It's mm -hmm. hiding from people that might want to uh, blow up our spot by saying, you know, calling the cops saying something's happening. Right. Or something like that. Just I don't, stupid, they're like haters, you know, people that are, you know, want to be negative, negative Nellies. Yeah. You know, that's it. But, well, so we have pages on Facebook, Instagram. We are, you know, we have a website, driveupcomedy.com. Driveupcomedy.com. I like that. Yeah, Drive Up Comedy is our, that's our whole thing. It's all drive up. Because stand up comedy, drive up comedy. <laughs> okay. And drive in comedy was already taken. So <laughs> somebody right. must have had that for a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Drive Up Comedy. We're very, you know, our Instagram page has got a huge following now. Um, we do, we broadcast everything videos. We have drone footage. We've had drones show up. We've had people, KPBS came and did like, he was there for like three hours uh, and he did a whole story on us and interviews and pictures and really took in the whole pro you know, the whole process of what's happening. Wow. Um, I had a couple other people do some independent uh, stories about us that are on YouTube and stuff. Uh, just kind of like a, like a journaling what it's like. Yeah. At yeah, one of yeah. These, mm -hmm. these things. So uh, yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's just honestly, it's just been in this time when a lot of people have had negativity and darkness, it's kind of seems like, because it's been yeah. really challenging. It's been such a bright light. And it feels great to make something really positive out of a negative. You know? So That's, how, did you, how did you cook up this idea? And did you share it with some people? And they said, oh, are you out of your mind? This isn't going to work? Or did they like latch on and say, oh, my God, this is great? How did that um, go? This guy, James Hosford, he's a San Diego comic also. Uh, he, before the pandemic started, so earlier March, he bought this one of these transmitters. Um, mm -hmm. And he did a, a show in Escondido. There was like four cars there. I did the show with him because uh, I was calling him like, hey, uh, I had some hints saying this is really going to be hard. I don't know if you realize how hard it's going to be to do comedy in front of cars. And I went and I had a great time. I had so much fun on my set. It was really... Um, organic and fun mm -hmm. and that's where i got the idea from i told him that night hey i'm buying one of these things <laughs> and then the world shut down and yeah. uh and everybody went to buy these things like churches and all buy these transmitters now so they can still do the services in the mm -hmm. parking lot so these things got hard to get but i got one and uh so i got the idea from him james hosford and then did my first show probably about a month later when Wait. i was finally i was gonna do it in the tent and it didn't feel right and then I, we went for it on the 17th. Do you say James Hoffa? Like Jimmy Hoffa? Hosford. Hosford. Oh, H-O-S-F-O-R-D. Hosford. He's an Escondido resident. Escondido born and raised. Right on. Yeah. So how, how, have you noticed that the content of the comics has changed as we're going through this COVID pandemic? Um, you'd expect COVID jokes because yeah. comics try to make jokes about whatever's happening. But they almost become a little hacky because if it's too common or too easy of a premise, you know somebody else is probably doing it. Right. If it's not really unique to you. Um, like I, my newest COVID joke I was telling was, it was I was like, uh, I know the pandemic is now over because I came home the other night and somebody TP'd my house and my son's car. <laughs> and 
Like, honestly, like a month ago, I, there was toilet paper everywhere. There's still the rolls. These kids, yeah. you know, yeah. no respect for toilet paper. I was like, <laughs> I would have kept it. I would have kept this like weeks Rolled ago. I would have kept this. Oh, there's half rolls without rolling. And we, I would have to keep that rolling. Yeah, yeah, put it on. Yeah. Uh, that's how I know the pandemic's over. So that's like a joke. I guess somebody could think of it, but my house got TP'd because I have two teenagers. Yeah. And that did happen. So it's not, you know, it's, that, that's some like silly little joke I wrote that's kind of personalized. But the jokes I'm mostly hearing are, uh, what, I, what stands out the most to me is seeing comics do uh, strange things on stage that they wouldn't have done. Because there's, as crazy as you can be as a comic, there's only like, a lot of things are frowned upon. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care. I never care what anybody does because I just need to care about what I'm doing. And, uh, but like we've had, uh, let's see, we've had a guy in LA show up in a chicken suit two weeks in a row, uh, <laughs> Sam Bilski. That's yeah. Sam, uh, Sam Bilski. No, that's not Sam. That's Sam Brillhart. And he does chicken related jokes the whole time. And like, <laughs> like he's doing this. And uh, he might do that normally. I don't know. But yeah. we had a lady with a gun. Like she was in band and has that gun. You, you throw the gun. I don't know what oh, it's yeah, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the wooden so rifle. She, oh, yeah, yeah. But she did that like during her set. She's like doing the, the gun thing. <laughs> uh, we've had a comic on roller skates. Um, really? I had a guy last week, this guy Perry Kurtz. It's world renowned. Uh, he played the guitar and hooked it into our soundboard wirelessly. He played the guitar. Which is a keyboard guitar. Oh, yeah. Like Jan Hammer. Like, yeah, he did that. And then, like, he rapped. And then he started playing with his tongue. You know, so that was like, it's, I don't want to, like, I don't promote it as a variety show, but I don't discourage anybody from doing anything goofy. Right. Uh, we have a, a, one guy does character now. He's Hee Haw McGraw. He shows up and does, like, like booty shorts, like, yeah. a, you know, jean shorts cut off from a tent. Like, like Daisy Dukes. Yeah, Daisy Dukes. It, it's funny just watching the people do things I don't think they might normally do. That and it, you know to see that side of them, like just let loose, have fun. We're in a parking lot. Don't take it mm -hmm. too seriously. Well, the the thing that I love about comics, besides the humor, is is the 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 insight, the unique insight to society. You know, the social commentary, and with all the protests that are going on. You know, that's pretty recent. It'll be interesting to see how the comics navigate around that, you know? Well, they'll, they'll make jokes about it. I've never seen a subject that hasn't been joked about. So, right. I mean, Kobe, people were pissed that day, that Sunday, if you told a Kobe joke. But uh, I heard like one or two. Where I was like, you well, mad, but that's funny. Yeah. That was funny. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, cause they got you guys got to push the envelope, right? You got to kind of make people a little uncomfortable at times. Yeah, that, I do that with my com. I want everybody to be comfortable, but I I definitely make people a little bit, and that's what comedy is about. Is a, yeah, it can yeah. be about. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, is yeah. that because it's humor? Yeah, this is when we're supposed to be. Take a joke. We need take a joke. It's just a joke, and that's what people. Yeah. I I see most of the time. It's always fine. It's really always been pretty fine. Uh. I rarely have seen too many people get really outraged. And when they do, 90% of the time they're like hammered drunk. <laughs> Honestly, right. you know, yeah. like watching a, 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 yeah, just watching a lady get mad at a, a, a black guy for him using a racial slur upon himself. 
Yeah. And her be like, you shouldn't say that. I was like, well, I don't think you can tell him what he can and can't say. And yeah. It's like, how drunk are you, lady? <laughs> like, geez. Right. But yeah, that's what we do. We, it's because through comedy, we need to push things because mm-hmm. we can't get too serious. We get too right. serious, you know. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I love it because that's, for me, comedy has always been the most important thing. Would have been stand up and movies, like comedic movies. Yeah. Are my, because I love laughing. I love joking around. Um, I'm rarely the funniest person in the room. But I have a unique perspective, which yeah. I can use on stage, and I have a lot of fun with, you know. I'm, so uh, you've been doing it now for, you said, three years? Three years, yeah. It started at 45 years old. So walk me through that. How do you decide to do that as a middle-aged man? And what, what spurred you on? What triggered it to get <laughs> involved? I, try, I, was, I wanted to do it. Well, first, I didn't know you could just do it. I didn't know. Like, I grew up in a small town. Mm-hmm. There was no, nothing, no comedy. There was no comedy club, nothing like that. And uh, so I didn't know it was an option, which sounds kind of weird. Like, I knew there was comedians. I just thought they were just so funny, the comedians. Yeah. So it, when I moved back to Jersey, I wanted to do it because I'd been listening to Howard Stern a lot. This would be maybe early 2003 or so. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd been listening to him for decades. And I, and I was like, these comedians go to clubs, and they're talking about open mics. And I was like, I could do this. I finally saw my avenue. Yeah. yeah. But now I had two kids and two jobs yeah. and yeah. little leagues come in. All these, it's like, it just, yeah. it's like, well, I'm going to drive what? I'm going to drive 35 minutes to Atlantic city to what? Like go to like, what? Like, it's just like, I, it just wasn't the time. And then, um, then through podcasts and all that, I really saw how like, Oh, this is how it's done. I understood that there's this process. And yeah. from that I was, I knew it came down to, I took a bunch of mushrooms and, you know, <laughs> it knocked my socks off. Yeah and, yeah. and I was able to really look at myself and say, no, this is something I really need to do. I need to try it at least once. Yeah. And from that experience, I, you know, forced myself, hey, prepare for it, write it, give yourself a year yeah. to really investigate how this is done so you can go about it seriously. And I did it. Maybe eight or nine months later, I went mm-hmm. on stage with five minutes written. I mean, memorized, word yeah. for word. <laughs> Everything was perfectly memorized, Yeah, which was horrible. But, and I did it. And before I walked off that stage, my feet are like going ready to walk up stage. And I was already going, oh, so we'll just be doing this forever. Like, we're going to, yeah. you yeah. just found something you've never experienced. And it wasn't high from the laughs. It was just the, that being in front of people, the energy yeah. once again, yeah, feeling yeah. that, it's like, oh my God, it was so amazing. And, That's uh, awesome. And I, yeah, it's a very, very, very humbling endeavor, but I, it's the, my favorite thing I've ever done in my entire life. That's so cool. I mean, so yeah. you, so if, if you kind of work your craft and put something together, can you just show up at an open mic or do you have yeah. to, I mean, anyone could show up, right? You could show up, to this Friday and do a set, like to just break really? it down. And if we were a club, it would be the same thing. There's always a process. You got to sign up, or there's a maybe you put your name in a bucket and they got to yeah. draw it. Because um, there's a lot of waiting around with open mics. There's a lot of waiting. You might be there yeah. for two hours right. waiting for your three minutes or your five yeah. minutes to go up. Um, uh, so anybody can do open mics. I I tell everybody that has an inkling that wants to do it. Just face that fear and do it. 
because at least you did it. And yeah. But it's, you know, it's a very humbling. I started at 45. Most people start in their 20s, early mm-hmm. 20s, sometimes in their teens, and some in the 30s also, but nobody starts in their 40s. Um, <laughs> only idiots. So I started at 45 because I, I like, I'm not, I've never walked the, the normal path. But when I have, it's never worked out for me anyway. So I've always done best when I walked my true path. And it was, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I knew I was like, I don't want to get famous. I'm not doing this for the money. I, I'm out five to seven nights a week when the clubs are open uh, doing it because it's just doing it is all I want to do. I just yeah. want to go on stage and do it. Yeah. Tell the new joke. Come up with that new moment to let something <laughs> take up an idea and let it happen on stage where it, the creativity happens there. Where I'm like, oh, wow, I surprised myself with that. You know, like never yeah. saw it coming. And it's and you're making people laugh. Like that's yeah. – that's yeah. the key. Like, if you're doing really good, it's not about rich. It's about making people laugh. And if making people laugh, that's just healing. And it, I mean, literally, yeah. scientifically healing. Yeah. And it's it's it, 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 it like no there's no time during laughter, time and space, all that's gone. Like, because you're just so in the moment. It's like that present moment uh, yeah. experience mm-hmm. that is so I cherish that stuff. So it's yeah, it's amazing. It's I love. It's, I, I said I'll be doing it until I die. Right Without on. Without a doubt. What's your favorite comedy club in San Diego County? The best comedy club is my favorite's the, the comedy store. Um, That's I the don't one in do La Jolla, open right? mics. Yeah, the comedy store in La Jolla. Out of respect for the comedy store, because the comedy store is the greatest club in the world in yeah. Hollywood. It's the greatest. Mitzi Shore is the grandmother. She's the mother of comedy. She created right. what comedy is and stand up comedy is. And uh, I've gotten to perform there and done open mics there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my favorite is that because it's been here for so long is the comedy store in La Jolla. But uh, a great room. Like, I work at Madhouse Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. And we're a comedy club that caters to comedians and lower-level comedians that are coming up. Yeah. Gets on that stage time. Gets that person that's getting ready to be a headliner, headlining time and shit like that. We do a lot of showcases. And then uh, American Comedy Company has great talent. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch. There's a bunch in town. I think Are they down in the Palace. gas lamp? Uh, Is it downtown? Yeah, the, well, in the gas lamp, we have Madhouse Comedy Club on 4th and uh, F. And then on 6th and around the corner of F is uh, ACC. And then in between them, nobody really knows that there's a laugh factory in a basement that hasn't opened yet. But it's uh-huh. done. It's uh-huh. done. Everything's been there for a year. Done. And they've been waiting on a liquor license or something like that. And that's just like within two blocks, there's three comedy clubs. One isn't open. Right. But, uh, what else do we have? We have Comedy Palace in Claremont. Uh-huh. And the newest comedy club in San Diego. It's a great, it's a fun, great room. Uh, Adam Wasserman's the owner. And that's Grand Comedy Club. And they're opening this weekend. They, I think they have 40 people can buy tickets to the show this Friday and Saturday. And that's going to be that Grand. Uh, that's a Grand Comedy Club. Did you say Escondido? Yeah, on on Grand Ave, I think it's called. Yeah, Grand. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's called that... it's called uh, the Grand Com no Grand Comedy Club. It, it's a pizzeria, and then in the back they have this giant room that holds like 170 people. Ah, that's but now awesome. it'll be 40. Yeah, and they're doing, they're doing a show this weekend. They're back. So the the comedy clubs are opening up again. Uh no, and yes, uh, <laughs> Madhouse is only selling food. Comedy Palace hasn't opened. Comedy store is not open acc is doing open mics 
And I'm waiting to see if I got on the list right now. That's why I was looking down on my phone. Yeah. Uh, that's tonight and then tomorrow night. And then they've been doing shows on weekends starting last weekend. They say they're not doing comedy. They say they're doing one-way conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because they can't do entertainment, apparently. And right. Grand got the okay from Escondido, apparently, to open yeah. up in this very limited capacity. Um, and they're going to be open this weekend. So, yeah. It's just California. That's where we've been, like, the last place to open. Where right. Arizona's been open. Vegas has stuff open. I have a show in Vegas next week um, in the Mexican cantina. But it's a fun room. Fun yeah. room. So are, are there certain comedians that kind of are an inspiration for you that are influential? Yeah. Yeah, there's, de- you know, definitely. I, like, uh, to me, the he might not be the funniest, but he was the most powerful is uh, George Carlin. Oh, of course. Yeah. Cause he mixes the danger of talking about politics and religion and taking that chance to offend people. But he yeah. has such an intelligent approach to dissect and break things down mm-hmm. um, and dissect them that yeah, I'm sure people got offended, but he, to me, I love his idea of possibly waking people up, but making them laugh. Right. That's not easy. Cause usually you sound like a cult leader. You know, so I love him because of that. And then the goofy, like I grew up with Andrew Dice Clay. Um, I love him because he's so, he's so different. And I, I'm, no, I'm never really offended by anything offensive. I, it's hard to offend me. So I liked it. I was also 17. So I love Dice. Um, you know, you got um, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. I mean, absolute incredible people. And somebody who's not a stand-up comedian, but has probably had one of the biggest influences in me is Howard Stern. Yeah. Because um, he's not a stand-up comic, but his whole thing was comedic. And it's mm-hmm. that idea of, uh, you know, sarcasm, you know, playing something off one way and doing it another, the misdirects of things, and just the goofiness of life. Like, just let's laugh, <laughs> for crying out loud. I, I saw an interview of George Carlin, and he was talking about his his career, and he said it, what really changed for him is he suddenly stopped giving a shit, right? And he became braver and just started commenting on things that were, like you said, kind of religion and politics, and then that's when he really blew up. You know, he wasn't being extra careful, it seemed like. Like, I'd love to know when that time was, too, because he'd probably been doing it a real long time. And what that sounds like to me is he found his true comedic voice. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I heard Bill Burr talking about that today where, like, he would do his stuff. It's funny. But until he actually, for him, he gets angry when he's on stage. And he, that's like, but that's, that, that's the connect. He, can, he yeah. can go off and people, like, they get attracted to it. And that's his voice. That's his true voice where he can say anything. And that's where I'm... Because I started later, I, you know, I might have a chance to find my voice a lot quicker than others because I've already got a bunch of years under my belt and just life. So, and being from New Jersey helps because I just don't care much a lot <laughs> about what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being kind. I love being nice. But it's like, you know, so um, that to me is my most important thing is finding my voice. It's not even about my jokes. It's about just learn how to go up there and talk and just let that, and it's just like, bang, bang, bang. Like the crowd's just, because you tapped into your real voice. And then yes. you tapped into the muse, you know, that yes. energy of the muse. And, 
And uh, and it's not generally it's not you. It's like it's going through you. Like, you know the yeah, energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. When I'm saying the funniest shit I've ever said on stage, I never even thought of it before. I've never heard it, heard it until I said it. You know. Really, it just and, happens right in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like real creativity. Like not at home working something. It's like, boom! Oh, that was perfect. Don't have to fix that ever again. And then <laughs> now you have something for you can say other yeah. times. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's the fun because when you trick yourself, even like oh, I didn't see that. Like, yeah. Because if you don't see it, then the audience wasn't going to see it. That's a big part of comedy is the not knowing what's coming next. Generally, right. it's you know the surprise, the reveal. That's that's the the part that gets the people. You know, the reveal. How are you going to do that? That trickery. Nice. So, yeah. You're talk, talking about the comic that's angry. I'm I'm thinking about Sam Kinison and the movie Back to School. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> He's just like yelling at Dangerfield and all the other students about. Uh, you know, the Vietnam War and all that. That was something. That was fun. Oh, and I think I think uh, Rodney, like, pulled something out. He's like, oh, it's this commie bastard sitting <laughs> with my car. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. Sam Kinison, I wanted to say his name. I couldn't think of it earlier. He was a flash in the pan, but it was during that, our 17-year-old age. And yeah. he was so rock star. Because that's what Dice did. Dice went rock star with yeah. comedy. And Sam Kinison did the same thing in a very quick period of time. But, the, you know, he was part of that whole crew. He worked at the comedy store in L.A. Dice mm -hmm. was there. Uh, Bill Hicks. You know, it was a whole mm -hmm. crew of people. Right on. But, yeah, I love it all. It's, you know it's, Gilbert Godfrey? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. what That guy, you wouldn't expect the stuff he says <laughs> to come out of his mouth. Like, you yeah. You wouldn't see it coming. He's something. He's very unique. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's yeah. An, is he an East Coast guy, too, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's Manhattan, New York. I think yeah. born and raised uh, Manhattan yeah. or Long Island, Manhattan. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's one of those. He has his voice. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. All good. So you, how you, are you hanging in there with all these protests and, you know, is, is that kind of shifting things for you? What, how's it going there for you? Um. Just like not wondering if I can go out, uh, going downtown is going to be a viable option tonight. So yeah. that's affecting me. But no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm ignorant. I don't feel like I'm ignorant, but it's, I don't like the, with the, with the pandemic or with the riots, I, it's, I'm not seeing it directly around me. I don't, I don't ex see racism around me that often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really upsetting to see what happened to the, the with the incident with George Floyd. Yeah. Or any other um, black male's name that we can go down a list that's yeah, way long too list. long. It's mm -hmm. too long of a list. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm affected by that. It, it angers me when it happens because I hate injustice. Right. And we don't need injustice. There's like things that were going to happen in the world, but we don't need injustice. We don't need the treat each other differently because of our skin color. So it saddens me to see stuff, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on my day. I'm going to be really happy and I'm not going to be really sullen or anything. Um, I want to be a bright light. I want to be a positive yeah. force. I know that maybe we're, I got to be mean. I, I'm, I, I'm not going to be all super sad. I, I mean, it really hurt me that the first day you see is like, Oh my God, this is so horrific. But, but uh, George Floyd wants us to go on and live. And in his memory, I would think, and be peaceful, 
and hopefully we can enact change from all this craziness that's happening. Um, unfortunately, people are misdirecting, I think, a great message of, of peaceful protest and violence starts happening. Um, that's sad because then the message isn't being heard now. Now it's about, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, oh, the mm -hmm. rioters. Now the, now the cops almost look better because it's like, oh, I told you these were bad. You know, it's like this whole thing. And it's like, oh, no, man, we got to change. We got to change the way we look at people. We got to, police got to remember they're just policing. They're not these mil, mil, militarized. Right, right. As much as they want to go home at the end of every day and I want them to go home, so does everybody. Every citizen needs to go home at the end of every day too. Right. We're not, we shouldn't be the, um, we shouldn't be the, like, oh, well, the cop got to go home. You know what I mean? It's like people should, we shouldn't be fearing each other, you know? Mm -hmm. I know how to deal with police officers that have been around in my entire life in positive ways. And I know how, like, even as a white guy, I always, hands are on the wheel, I'm reaching to my <laughs> glove box. Because yeah. I, I know if he's yeah. relaxed, I am probably might not get a ticket, too. Like, right, right. So it's about, I want him to be relaxed because he has the most authority at the moment. Even though I don't give him authority, he's got a gun. He could really yeah. mess up my day. So yeah. I'm all about, let's make you really comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's my most thing. So I, I'll show my belly and be very humble and, you know, and treat him with respect, look him in the eye. That's all they want. That's all right. I've ever, I've never had a negative. I'm running shows and parking lots where they're telling me I have to leave. And I've got a group of over 50 people, which apparently should be a big problem. The cops, I, 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 if uh, the owner of the property didn't ask you to leave, I wouldn't even be over here right now. Like this right. all looks great to me. Right. So I don't know. It, it's sad because obviously, you know, people are being hurt. And there's, I don't, I don't But you're an antidote to that, right? I mean, we're, you know, right now we're dealing with a lot of heavy issues and comedy is going to get people to lighten up a little bit. And it's like a nice little counterbalance, right? Yeah, well, it's we're not going to stop. We're not going right. to stop. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to make jokes about something. Um, it's all important because it's about balance. You know, I wanted to say, why can't we just find peace? But the truth is, we can't just have peace. We live in this world of duality. This is what the kind of the laws of this plane of existence that we're on in this third yeah. dimension. Mm -hmm. So it's just the way it is. There's, you know, like you can't have something without the opposite or the other. So, you know, I, that's what I'm doing this for. People, in the beginning, I make comments about doing this comedy. They're like, you think what you have to say is so important that you have to go risk lives and all? It's like, no, God, no. I don't think anything I have to say is that important. This is more about just letting people that would like to come together, come together, even mm -hmm. though they're being told they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, do you want to? Because I'm a big believer in having your own authority, being your own authority. Yes. And not giving anybody jurisdiction over your life. Yes. Uh, and if you act accordingly and live, um, you know, you live a, it's not, I don't even need to describe it. We all know right and wrong. Yeah. And mm -hmm. every situation is a little different, but we all know right and wrong. It's in our gut. And uh, I knew I was doing nothing wrong. My intuition had me guided. I knew I was protected. Mm -hmm. I knew if I got a thousand dollar ticket for starting this thing, it was never getting paid because the constitution says I'm allowed to be out of my house and I'm allowed right. to assemble. Right. Right. I'm allowed. You cannot. And that's how I feel with all of this. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want social distance, social distance. If you don't, don't. If you want to hug, then hug. You right? want to hug? Like, <laughs> that, I, don't, I have deep theories about all of this stuff. Like, why six feet? They, like, they pick the number, six feet. 
why that? And then, you know, it's, we need, humans need contact. Like going to jail, the worst thing, well, going to jail is the worst thing they could do to me. But when I'm in there, <laughs> for most people, it would be the worst thing they could do for me. I'd be like, well, at least I'm safe in there. Solitary confinement. Think yeah. about that. Jail, mm -hmm. is that's your punishment. But if you're bad in jail, the punishment is you're going to be alone. And that, mm -hmm. tells you so, that tells me so much about the human condition. Without, I already know. We need to be near each other. We need like a hug, a real hug. Not just like a yeah. hug where you stop and there's like that connection. Like, oh, man, it's so, you know, human touch is, is such an amazing thing. Uh, and it's, it's so healing. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we're all being stopped from right now. Mm -hmm. And it's great because I get to – people look at me like – I get a lot of elbow. Like, oh, we'll touch elbows <laughs> when they come to the stage. Yeah. Because I basically hosted every moment of this whole thing. I gave mm -hmm. it up the other night. I let my friend do like an hour at the end. My partner, Alexander James. Uh, I also have another partner, Chris Espinoza, and then my sound guy, Jesse uh, Hogan. But uh, I'm like getting elbow or if people, I, I can read them. Like, oh, they don't, I'll just, I'll leave, this, I'll leave this area and they can come up to their clean mic and, and they don't, they feel safe and they can take their mask off and do their thing, put it back on and leave. They don't have to touch me or it's a hug or it's, you know, I let them dictate because I don't care. I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I have a healthy immune system. I'm not worried about any viruses. <laughs> and I got to die of something. I mean, it's, I'm you not may a well Maybe you can just die laughing. How's that? <laughs> I would take that. That would be great. That would be, that would be fantastic. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm going one way or another. I, I do know that. That's what I'm told. I think what you're doing is just so cool. I mean, it's, it's helpful for, you know, the, the society to lighten up. It's innovative what you're doing. It's, something that I can feel that positive energy from you because you know you're doing a good thing for other people and for yourself, you know? So I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I, I'm so happy that we can talk about it. And, and what was the website again? Can you share it? Uh, it's dry, everything's Drive Up Comedy. Driveupcomedy.com, okay. Drive Up Comedy on Facebook, on Instagram, Drive Up Comedy. Uh, mm -hmm. If you need to reach out or, you want, or you're interested or... Anybody that sees this wants any information, hit us up there. We give, we'll, I'll give you information to start your own, give you transmitter information. I've put, I've hooked so many people up with this, the whatever, you know, what, uh, what do I need? I'm, they're all nervous. I'm like, oh, here, get camera out, take a picture, get the model yeah. number, yeah. go on Amazon, order it up. And uh, so there's other people that are, have them around San Diego right now. Nothing else has really started. James Hosford did a nursing home show. I think two weeks ago. Yeah. And he has two big, he has the military just reached out. He's going to probably do some stuff with them. So, yeah, I just believe this has been an amazing, uh, I did not see any of this coming, but it's been so much fun and so healing for the, and really a place where the, the San Diego community has been able to come together. Mm -hmm. Non-comics show up. They're so excited yeah. to get out of the house and have entertainment. They bring hoagies and, uh, you know, adult beverages sometimes. And it's, it's cool. Like what it is, it gives everybody an opportunity to do it at their speed. Right. Cause you can sit in your, I, I've only had one time where I saw a comic saying something and I stopped them and I uh, was saying to another comic, Hey, take off your face mask. I want to see your face. I heard him say it twice. And I was like, Oh, she said, no. What, what are you doing? He's like, yeah. well, I just wanted to see your face. I'm like, okay, that's what you want. 
now yeah. stop yeah. like because i don't ever tell anybody like i you see i get excitement when i say they don't have a mask on anymore yeah and it's only because i feel like it's like uh not because anybody told them or because that's what we want i want everybody to find their own place where they feel comfortable because to me that's mm. the most important thing mm -hmm. but when everybody starts taking the mask off or that's when i'm like all right all right you know it's it's like we're uh, breaking the matrix yeah that's what yeah. it feels like you know there's this thing happening like now they all have them off I'm like, yes yeah cool. that's cool. The, the the authenticity you know like finding that real voice that inner voice and just being themselves you know without yeah. any anything in front of them yeah, yeah you know get away it, from the news and all that because that's oh, what yeah. it is it's just bombarding of this information it's like go out for a walk like <laughs> in San Diego at one point they like arrested people for surfing and yeah. I was running around basically just like Nobody's ever gotten the flu surfing. Not once ever in the history of man has <laughs> somebody gotten the flu surfing. Like salt right. water destroys everything. It seems yeah. like you know. Uh, it, yeah, just try to yeah, letting people just. I don't know. Man. This has been a big mind game. I can tell you that. I'm not saying it's not real and there's not, but it's been a big mind game on people. It's really damaged people. Oh yeah, really I've damaged people. Very affected our psyche. It's um, empowered certain people. It's disrupted. But I remember I did a podcast a while ago, and I titled it "Chaos Is a Ladder." Remember from Game of Thrones? That okay. was what what uh, Littlefinger would always say. Mm -hmm. And while we're having this COVID disruption, it it's it creates opportunity. It, it creates a situation where you can have drive up comedy. Mm -hmm. You know that wasn't really a thing. But I mean, not really a thing before. Um, it's just the dynamics are just so interesting as we've been going through these last few months. Um, yeah, well, that, I mean, I don't remember chaos is a theory per se. I saw the, uh, the I saw the shows, but I, I, chaos, I do love chaos. Yeah. Because if you can embrace chaos, that means you can embrace change. And right. that's kind of really, um, that's a good tool to have as a human is being able to deal with change. And yeah, you know, that, to me, it was like, like I'll say to my son or my daughter, I'll be talking to him, and it's like, try to find something you really love to do, you know, for a career in life. Yeah. Because that's really where I'm like, you're going to have to do this, so why not do something you're really passionate about? Yes. And when you work from passion and love, that's where you hook in with that chaos, and no matter, like, mm. I didn't do this to create a business. I did this out of going, well, I'm going to donate by buying this transmitter and seeing what happens with the community. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to put on open mics. That's what I'm doing. Cause it empowered me and it made yes. me feel like I had yes. a voice again. Yeah. And from that is turned into like where this business can go is literally mind blowing to the things we're hearing right now and dealing with. And that was all started. It was a passion project. And that's like to let my kids see it now for me, just telling them like, Oh, dude, he, like he's been seeing this through this journey of me doing this stand-up comedy and then this drive up mic and he sees like like he gets it like oh dad yeah. did just he just worked doubles you know on fridays he put all that extra energy and then he drove to la's on saturdays for yeah for what to waste gas money and 12 <laughs> hours of the day. but like but that's what life's about like when you just dive head in and yeah you could see the sign i i can see signs from the universe like this isn't good turn back it's a bad mm -hmm. idea or you just keep getting like 
embraced and embraced and just yeah. and that's all this has been it's just embraced and we've had one person i can even think of by name i won't name him that was a like really tried to ruin this thing and uh he did it through social media and he called like human health services and he called the really? usi mm -hmm. and called the sheriff's department all these things because uh, he said i was creating um hot spots for this pandemic and that was his whole theory and uh i never responded not one time on social media did i or anybody from my from drive up comedy responded any way to him um and the comedy community literally like tore him apart <laughs> limb from limb yeah and within eight hours all his social media had been taken down not what he posted his accounts everything gone wow. and I didn't want to see that happen, but what happened was he thought he was attacking me. Yeah. And he attacked everybody's outlet. This yes, isn't yes. this isn't just about me. This thing's way bigger than me. This is yes. where people go every week to heal. This is their therapist. This is yes. you know, this is and he didn't realize that. And I didn't I I knew it, but it was like that. I was like, oh, whoa, wow. Like it yeah. felt amazing that the community was like, if you don't want to go, don't go, but don't destroy this for everybody else. Well, that probably reinforced in you that you were on to something really good. Yeah. I'd known you know? it already, but that was something that like touched me. So like one of the most touching things in life, like was to just see that community be like you know, people that don't have never even been to it. And then maybe they don't even agree with it, but they didn't like the idea of somebody ruining this for other people. Like, what are you doing? Like this is people go if they want, you can right. sit in a car and never be Everything's safe. If you want it to be that way, or you can go out and take a risk. So awesome. You know? it, it really, honestly, that was like this amazing moment. Like, it was so, it just felt amazing to see the community. I've only been in this community for three years. I'm an old guy. I, you know, I don't, I'm not always the most popular person, you know, like, oh, he's got old views. Hey, boomer. You know, whatever. <laughs> but it, it was like the amount of love was just, Oh, it was that was mind blowing. It really was. It was super touching. It was, it was amazing. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. drive up comedy. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you on Instagram and and Facebook and uh, check out the website driveupcomedy.com. Yeah, Jim, yeah. this is so cool. I, I'm really really excited for you because uh, I think this is a great thing you're doing and so happy we can share it. You know, with with uh, people in our audience here for the podcast. And you've mm -hmm. done a bunch of other podcasts too, right? Uh, yeah, ever since I've started this, I've done like six different podcasts. Seven, maybe this is the seventh podcast in the last couple of weeks. Wow. Um, What's well, a yeah, great story. People just, it, this topic grab, this is going to be the summer of drive up, like driving and drive up and yeah. going to your local restaurant, sitting a lot and the car hop it to you or yeah. whatever. It's really, is going to be the summer of it. And we somehow tapped into it mm. before it really took off. Cause now, Okay. Bert Kreisch is a big touring comedian. He's already listed. He's doing a touring show of drive-up comedy theaters. Mm -hmm. um, a guy in New York uh, just did one. Uh, I forget who it was. He did a, a drive-up comedy. Uh, there's, it's happening everywhere now. It's literally happening. And everybody's like, yeah, start it. I'm like, nah. There was a couple of us in this country that all kind of went with the idea. And it's just, people are like, that's a great idea. So it is a great it's, idea. It's, it's going to... It's going to be fun for this summer. It's going to give people a chance to get out of the house and not worry about everything going on. That's what we're hoping. Right on. I hope to see you out at a show. I want to go. I keep 
I got to get out there. So I'm turning into an old fuddy-duddy. So um, um, I'm going to make a point of going out and seeing you. But Jim, thank you for joining me. This is awesome. I'm really, really happy to, to learn more about your project. Thank you so much for having me, John. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Really, for giving me a chance to literally talk about something I'm so passionate about. Yeah. And just to let other people hear about a good story about yeah. right now. A yeah. happy story. Yes. Uh, this is like a redemption story. That's what it all feels yes. like. This is a redemption story. This is, we're going to, the Phoenix is going to rise from the ashes. Yes. It's, we're going to be fine, if not way better. We are right people. On. We're all going to be better <laughs> for what's happening right now. It's the reverse. It is. Well, I hope you get the text tonight that you're going to be uh, on the list. All right. I hope I get it too. Uh, I'm on the list. I'm on you the are. list. I yes. All right. text. I'm on the list. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go so you can be ready for your show tonight, man. Thank Thank you, you, Jim. You had a great night. Thank you so much. Take care.